1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third, and I'm sorry to say final, hour of the Live with Rank Show. It is Free Speech Friday. You guys can call in with whatever you'd like. Love to hear from you. Don't worry about changing the topic on a dime. This is me giving 20% of my airtime a week for you guys if you choose to call in with what you would like to or what we're talking about uh, we'll get right back into the show, uh, the show or what I was talking about. I definitely want to talk about this Rochester, Michigan school superintendent admits to monitoring parents, social media and more in a deposition, in a depo- deposition, this superintendent of Rochester community schools, Robert Shainer. Said, quote, yeah. We value the input of all parents, and we certainly want to keep our thumbs on the pulse of the community. So we monitor social media very closely on all fronts and make sure we're responsive to the community, end quote. And as I wrote in my piece I published today, do you think he meant to say, quote, I I said, did he really mean to say, quote, keep our thumb on the pulse of community or... Keep my boot on the necks of these pesky parents and the worthless mask on our students. That's what I think he was really trying to say. No, it's an opinion. But not only was he monitoring them and going after them, he was also going to or someone on his behalf to their employers to try to get them fired. So we'll certainly get into that. 269-441-9595. As I told you, I have an interview with the Freedom Foundation's Director of Labor Policy, Max Nelson. Appreciate him calling in I'm way over from the left coast. Sorry to hear that you're on that uh, that side of the country. Uh, and, uh, and then we'll get back into the show in the very next segment, at, at least taking your phone calls. So let's start off with uh, Max. Good morning, Max. Appreciate you calling in. Welcome to the show. And again... Uh, Sorry, you got to be out there in California.
2: <laughs> well, thanks for having me on the program, Rick. The, you know, the one advantage of being out here on uh, the left coast, as you as you correctly put it, is, uh, you know, you keep your ear to the ground to what the left is up to, and you at least get a, a preview of coming attractions, perhaps, that uh, that seem to find their way into the national political discourse. So, anyway, it feels a lot like being on the front lines.
1: Yeah, that's, that's uh, it's it. unfortunate because uh, it is... I went to California. I don't months years ago on business. It's the first time I've ever been to California. I think it was L.A. and then eventually San Francisco. Anyway, it was just. Are you from there? Did you grow up there? So I'm. I'm actually uh, based in our Washington
2: State office, uh, and I did grow up in, in, out here in Washington.
1: Oh, I just but, assumed uh, that, that you were in California. Those
2: in California.
1: I'm sorry. I, oh, I, I no was worries. No worries. California.
2: I, these, these days, there's not too much differenti- differentiation between leftist policies in Oregon, Washington.
1: Right. What I wanted is – well, it's almost even worse than Washington. What I wanted to state was uh, it's just different. It is really different. Growing up in the D- Michigan and then moving uh, – doing – spending time out there, it is just – it's it, I, it It was interesting how different it was out there. That's Let me – instead of taking up more time, let me just leave it at that. So you guys wanted to talk about this report of all this uh, COVID slush fund money, as I call it, that is being helicoptered around the country, correct?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we released a study recently that looked at the Paycheck Protection Program, which was one of the first and largest COVID relief programs that was set up by the federal government with passage of the CARES Act back in March, 2020, in the early days of the pandemic. And the purpose of the fund, as articulated by the federal government, uh, was to provide forgivable loans to small businesses to help them keep people on staff and paid uh, during these government-mandated lockdowns that, uh, that they were trying to survive, again, back in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, yeah, most business entities were eligible for uh, PPP funds, as were 501c3 you know, charitable nonprofits. But our study looked at uh, uh, labor unions specifically who are not, don't fall under any of those eligible categories. Uh, And we discovered that there were 226 loans made to labor organizations that apparently were ineligible for the funds uh, and amounted all all told about $37 million dollars. Some of these labor unions tend to be very politically active. Uh, others tend to be, you know, we found about a dozen teachers unions and a number of public sector uh, labor organizations. Uh, and again, you know, there was billions of additional dollars, hundreds of billions of additional dollars set aside specifically for schools and for state and local governments and federal aid to help them keep people on payroll and of course paying union dues. So there really isn't much of a justification for, for unions getting set, a special fund set aside uh, for for them, but that's that's what happened. There's a lot of legal questions here about uh, you know who's responsible for uh, for approving these loans and and whether the information submitted on the loan applications was accurate. Uh, but you know, it seems like par for the course for a large government program. It was inefficient, uh, it was very expensive, and it tended to benefit special interest groups.
1: Well, let me. So you're saying that these unions illegally got these funds because they were not on the list who were legally supposed to get them.
2: That's correct. That's correct. So, so is anybody are or are you guys uh, is
1: the freedom foundation bringing up a suit or something to find out what, how they got it. Uh, these government employees who uh, actually allowed it to happen should be fired maybe brought up on charges uh, for conspiracy and and fraud uh, and uh, the the fact that uh, these labor unions should then give the money back with interest is anybody following up on that
2: so we have i don't know that there's anything that we can do as an organization un- unilaterally to bring legal action to try to address this but we have submitted our findings to the Small Business Administration's uh, Inspector General, and the, the SBA was the federal government entity that was tasked with administering this program. Uh, and the, the Inspector General has, you know, in fairness, identified other areas in which the SBA allowed funds to, to go to ineligible organizations. He hasn't picked up on this one yet, uh, to our knowledge, but we, we submitted our findings there. Uh, and we also submitted our findings to the Department of Justice uh, National Center for Disaster Fraud. Uh, which takes a look at this from a criminal aspect, uh, if, if that's appropriate. And we do, you know, what we know at this point is that the loan applications that were developed by the Small Business Administration required the applicant to testify that they were in compliance and fully eligible for uh, the program and we know that was not the case for these unions uh we know that there was a series of check boxes on the form where the applicant was supposed to indicate what type of eligible organization they were uh again unions as as 501c5 tax-exempt organizations there was no category no box for them to check uh yet somehow these loans were approved and at scale Uh, despite the unions ineligibility. The other interesting fact here, Rank, is that uh, we discovered through Freedom of Information Act requests to the Small Business Administration that White House officials in the Trump White House knew as early as July of 2020 that the SBA was approving these loans to unions that that they shouldn't be, and informed SBA officials and said, hey, you guys really should take a look at this. It looks like you're you're approving loans uh, to unions that aren't eligible. But as far as we can tell from our research, nothing changed. The SBA continued to approve these loans uh, well after July 2020. In some cases, even approved second loans for unions. Uh, and uh, to this day, I, 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 there's no evidence that they've taken any action to remedy the problem. Most of these loans were forgiven, uh, but hopefully uh, federal authorities take a look at this. Well, and they got to
1: claw that money back. They have to claw that money back, charge people for fraud, Uh, It's illegal. If they had to testify that they were in compliance, they were not. Uh, This is what angers the American people. These people, uh, we as citizens are always accountable for what we do. But these bozos are never accountable. These bozos, I should say thieves, are never accountable for what they do. And it just angers us more and more and more. And these people just laugh at us and spit in our face and tell us to take it and shut off. But did the inspector general say he's going to do something about it?
2: Uh, I haven't heard anything at this point. I kind of doubt that they would uh, keep us surprised of any investigation that they did decide to open. But I I did notice there was maybe you picked up on this. There was a, a line in President Biden's State of the Union speech here a few nights ago. Uh, where he talked about COVID fraud specifically, and, and he proclaimed that the watchdogs are back under his administration, and by golly, we're going to crack down on all of this COVID fraud that took place, uh, and I'm going to appoint this special prosecutor in the Department of Justice to go after these, these fraudulent actors. So... I you know, if uh, if the president is good to his word, his administration has uh, has evidence handed to him on a silver platter: 226 loans, and 37 million dollars that shouldn't have been uh, approved by the SBA. So I bet we'll, you we'll a thousand
1: dollars he does. I bet you a thousand dollars he doesn't do anything about it.
2: I'm not going to
1: take that. <laughs> yeah, in fact. But it, he should. It, it, but it, he it, should. Am I understanding this correctly, that the Michigan Education Association is one of those unions that stole the money from the government, $6.4
2: it was actually the largest loan uh, that we identified of these two hundred and twenty-six. Yes, yeah, the, the Michigan Education Association, the teachers union out there in Michigan, uh, received the largest of these loans. And
1: I and I specifically say stole because you said they had to. Did you use the word testify, or what? What was the word used that they had right. to? Uh, um, well,
2: I guess it, it was an attestation. You know, they, there was, you know, a statement on the form. You know, we certify that we are in compliance with all the eligibility requirements. So, you know, it was made under penalty perjury, uh, you know, a, a legal statement of compliance.
1: Well, then I think Ward stolen may be apropos. They probably won't. They'll get angry at me, but that's okay. All right. Well, Max. Well, the... the- Go ahead, quickly. Oh, go ahead, Ray. Sorry. I was going to say, keep up on it. And if you move on this one way or the other, please let us know. Contact me, okay? Absolutely, Ray. Thanks for having me on the program. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. That was Max Nelson, the Labor Policy Director at the Freedom Foundation. Is, Is stolen too harsh of a word? Or allegedly stolen? If you testified that you're in compliance and you're not in compliance and you get $6.4 million, the Michigan Education uh, Association, MEA, is stolen or stealing too hard a, a word? Would they say it was just our mistake? We thought we were in compliance. We don't have people bright enough to determine if we're in compliance or not. Would you accept that excuse? Because to me, it's. Seems like they uh, allegedly stole this money. And they should be paying it back. 269-441-9595. Lines are back open. We'll be right back after this. You'll listen to Live with Rank. you listen to Live with Rank on this free speech Friday. That song goes out to all those people that were sending me nasty, nasty emails about that piece I published and talked about yesterday concerning the... What I could would consider fascist, yes, the fascist more of a government, but people make up government, uh, and then uh, fascists make up a fascist government. So I know they like me. I was actually trying to find, and I, I for some reason, not all our songs transferred over, and I had uh, hate myself for loving you for Joan Jett. I always like that when people are uh, upset with me. 269-441-9595 You listen live with Rank, and now you are listening to Rick from Bedford. Rick, thanks a lot for holding on. Appreciate that. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks, Rick. I had to write something down to let me remember what it was I was going to talk about. So, forgive me. I just want to read something. You were going to
1: hold on. Are you talking on a uh, a speaker? And it just it's we're getting it's.
3: Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that off here. Hang on, yeah, it is
1: it is very, very bad. Very difficult to hear you. Uh, uh, my call screener wrote, justify breaking the law. Does okay. that shake your mind? Uh, no nation
3: can survive teaching their younger generations it's not worth keeping. And now we're teaching them to pull it apart from the bottom up. That's... Now, the first part of that refers to how we've been teaching our children the history of our country to hate it. The second part refers to what we've been doing with the legal system in this country. Uh, We've had uh, educators, legal scholars, and media uh, tearing our law apart. Yep. Uh, uh, The legal scholars started first in California by saying it's okay to steal $500.
1: $900.
3: media's been justifying all kinds of uh, breaking the law. uh, Breaking the law. For years. Recently, an educator uh, in Texas said, well, a 12-year-old can say it's okay to have sex. We're ripping our law apart.
1: Some yeah, are- I, I did bring that up, uh, Rick. You're referring to a uh, professor who said that if a 12 year old girl or, or boy, I assume, wants to have sex and consents uh, to with an adult, that should be okay. Yes, I did bring that up a couple weeks ago. I think.
3: Yeah, I knew I knew a young lady that, that had stuff like that happen to her. When she, as an adult, she was really messed up. She right. couldn't she couldn't develop a, a healthy relationship with her husband. Right. Because of the things that happened to her at that age, huh? this is not healthy. It's, psychiatrists know
1: this stuff. So why do I you think why why do you think the left is pushing it and the media is supporting the left and pushing it? <laughs> They're
3: pedophiles for crying out loud. Uh, okay. We're listening to the people that want to break the law. Well,
1: no, no, not just that. Not just the 12-year-old issue, uh, Rick. Just in general, the this uh, disrespect for the law, the disrespect for people and their property. Uh, the media was cheering on Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all that to destroy cities, take over police precincts, burn it all down, attempt to take over the... Federal courthouse, all that was all okay by the media, uh, and then somebody trespasses on the Capitol. Someone trespasses on the Capitol, and they have a cow.
3: You have you have uh, one group who actually believes in anarchy. They think that if we all go to take in hand card, it'll be better. And then you have others who that, that they can profit by it. If there is no law enforcement and there's thievery, then they're going to make money off it. So, of course, they're going to support anarchy. if, if, If you were in a gang and made money off of theft...
1: Wouldn't you support anarchy? Yes, but that's the small part. The people who actually do it are the very small percentages. It's the media and the, and the Democrat yeah. Party and those who vote for Democrats because they voted last election that that was okay because they allowed that to happen. And I, I know the left gets mad at me. I know people who are Democrats and they say, that's no, it's not me. Then don't vote for that. That is something very important. When you voted for a Democrat in the 2020 election, you were voting for, you were telling Republicans, this is how you should do it. Break the law. Tear down our society. Uh, go in and block streets and go in and destroy uh, businesses and go and loot and steal and kill and maim and whatever. That's it, we all saw it out there. And and you know, I, I maybe they just uh, the everyday Democrat didn't put two and two together to see if I go and vote for that, I'm supporting it. But it happened, so it's it's the smaller propor uh, it's the smaller percentage that actually uh, is uh doing the, yeah. the 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 crime. It's the larger, it's the left, the party, especially the elected, and again, anybody who's voting for it, they're saying. I like this. I want more of it in um, and, and the media, especially in and, and sports, uh, professional sports, in colleges, and all of them were promoting
3: it. Yeah. So then they can drag on the people who don't think too, 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 too much. But it used to be that people that were in positions of power will use their brain power and say that what was wrong with what was happening and calm the crowds down. They're not doing that. They're not using their heads. Instead, they're fanning the flames. You remember the old old movies when the, uh, the uh, lynch mobs would get together and there would be a couple people that would calm the lynch mob down? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have anybody doing that. The media should be the ones and, and, and our leaders in Congress should be the ones. that are calming
1: down the lynch mobs. They're not doing that, right? And and, the, and, and it, it's unfortunate. All right, Rick, I got to go. Thanks a lot for calling in. Appreciate that very very much. Two six nine four four one nine five nine five. You have a thought about what we're talking about? You listen to Live with Rank. We'll be right back after this. Listen to Live with Rank. Show appreciate that very very much. 269 441 9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about, just hold on the line there. Eventually, someone will come and uh, take your phone call. You remember I played for you a while back, and, and uh, it was Kamala Harris in an interview with a guy named Melvin, uh, I forget his name, on uh, I think it's NBC. And he called attention to recent pleas from high-profile medical professionals who were urging Biden administration to take both a larger and longer view of the pandemic rather than taking it crisis by crisis. And then he asked her, is it time to change course? Remember what she said? Quote, it is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down, end quote. Remember that? Here was her the other day. Here was her the other day on something called the Morning Hustle podcast. Listen to what the host asked her to do. And listen how she did it. And this is who the Biden administration, who is not taking this war in Ukraine serious, or they wouldn't be sending her there.
4: Right? Listen to this. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States?
5: Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong.
1: Now, what the, uh, the supporters of the left would say is, well, he asked her to simplify it. So... This is a person that Joe Biden, who is not a serious person, obviously, or he wouldn't be sending this person, and doesn't think that what's happening in Ukraine, I know that sounds wild, but would you think it's serious? He's taking it serious if he's sending her there. Again, the the host says, Can you break it down in layman terms? All right, I I get it, but I don't think that means there's a country. Called Ukraine, and it's in another country It's in Europe. And that's way far away from us. And
4: again, listen. I think we do need to take a look at uh, what. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States.
5: So. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So, basically that's wrong.
1: Now, d- can you say they're taking this serious if they're having her go over there? 2694419595 nine, five. So I wrote this piece, Rochester, Michigan School Superintendent admits to monitoring parents and social media and more. His name is Robert Shainer. And in a February 15th deposition, he admitted to monitoring the social media post of parents in his school district. It even gets worse. He also admitted in that deposition to contacting at least two employers and one police department of those parents he was monitoring in an attempt to get them fired. And he apparently succeeded in one case. Parents are now calling for his resignation due to his quote unquote monitoring, or some might even call, say, spying on parents that do not think like him. Now, think about this. Parents are now calling for his resignation. Really? Why only parents? What about the school board? What about the governor? What about all elected government officials and anyone who cares about children should be calling for this guy's resignation, resignation? Part of what Superintendent Robert Shainer testified to was, quote, yeah, we value the input of all parents and we certainly want to keep our thumb on the pulse of the community. So we monitor social media very closely on all fronts and make sure we're responsive to the community, end quote. Now, do you guys think he really meant to say, quote, keep our thumb on the pulse of the community, end quote, or perhaps keep my boot on the necks of these pesky parents and the worthless mask on our students, end quote. Now, I can understand, or I know what they'll say. People are saying, he's just monitoring everybody. That's what he said, really. Then why was it he only went after people who disagreed with him? Why didn't he call the employers of people who agreed with him? Now, this all started and came to light when Elena, I think it's Denverno, filed a lawsuit against him. In that lawsuit, she alleges that Shaner, quote, curbed her right to free speech because she started two Facebook pages RCS Parents for In Person Education and Conservative Parents for Rochester. Shaner, the superintendent, apparently did not like that both those pages supported and advocated for in-person learning during the coronavirus pandemic. The Rochester superintendent wanted his school district to continue to poorly educate the students via online instruction in Rochester. It didn't end there. In May of 2021, uh, another, uh, no, that woman lost her job. At Blake's Hard Cider in December 2020, after Board of Education President Kristen Bull inaccurately told her employer that she participated in a group threatening the school district. So, as I said, this Shayner probably had this Board of Education president who also, if she's not resigned, should be resigned and a case brought up against her for slander. Call her employer And say that she's in a group that's threatening the school district because they believe in in in-person classroom instruction. So what did the school do? School had to end up paying them back, paying, settling with this woman and paying her money, more money that isn't going to the education of our children. So they'll ask for even more to cover for that. To think that so many hate-filled and devious people have access to our children is frightening. And as I wrote in my piece, to make matters worse, this guy Shaner was using his $294,000 in salary and an additional 437000 in benefits, and I have the links to that, to do so. So I want to know what his benefit package was. And according to the numbers, his, quote, taxpayer-funded salary outpaces superintendents in neighboring areas that serve a more populous student body, end quote. So why is a school superintendent making $300,000 a year and a year and delivering such a poor service? And there's a link in that piece I published. To a government salary database, you'll be able to look and find out what your superintendent is making. These people, these superintendents over the last five years, their, their pay has exploded. It looks like to me, Lakeview High School, mid-hundreds, mid now $224,000 a year. One thing people have learned from this pandemic is they keep a very watchful eye on your school's teachers administration and school boards they all have access to your children and people who appear to be working against the children parents and you appear to be growing in numbers check that piece out at wbckfm.com rochester michigan school superintendent admits to monitoring parents social media and more you listen live with rank we'll be right back after this with your phone calls so live with rank and i appreciate that that gentleman you just heard singing was one of the people uh, i really enjoyed interviewing i interviewed him he was doing a benefit song and i forgot what it was about now and uh, he wanted to come on air and talk about it and i got an opportunity to talk to him off air uh, quite a bit just kind of prepping the the piece segment really really nice guy Taught me uh Quite a bit about the music industry, too. It is Free Speech Friday. Let's get back to the phone lines. By the way, that piece I was just reading from and discussing, it's out there. I hope you guys share that. More parents, not even parents, more people have to see the insanity that's out there. The the, the, the people that are around your kids. You just go to WBCKFM.com, my flagship station. Click on the article. If you can't find it, under the on the right-hand side under uh, meet the host, you'll see rank, R-E-N-K. That's me. Click on that, and it'll be there. You'll find it. And just go up to the address line at the top. Copy it and either email it to someone or pop it into your social media site. People need to read this. Also, If you want to hear maybe something that uh, I talked about earlier and you heard me talk a little bit about it now, or if you missed the show, go to my flagship stations website, wbckfm.com, and it's quick links. That's what it is. Quick links right at the top left under the logo you'll see radio on demand click on that that's our podcast cool every show of mine now unless there's a technical issue is podcast it's out there it's cut up into one hour segments so hopefully you guys will be able to uh catch on something catch up on something maybe that i spoke about and uh, you are unable to hear live let's go to battle creek and will will welcome to the show Good morning, Rank. Good morning, sir.
2: Morning, Rank. Yes, good Hi. morning. Uh comment about uh, Kamala Harris, the line to make, was that sounded just about like a second grade teacher explaining a geography.
1: Did that blow you away? Had you heard that before, Will?
2: Oh, just, yeah, I just saw it. You didn't see back, it. So, yeah. but, I, I mean, mean, it was really, just. Really, really talking down.
1: Yeah, it, it was. It, 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 it was unbelievable. I get it. You know, I get it when you want to uh, put it in as the host said layman's term, but I don't think he meant for you to go. There's a country called Ukraine in over in, you know, here, let me play that and we'll bring it back. This is what uh, Will's referring to. Here's Kamala Harris just the other day on something called the morning podcast or something. I'm not sure. Uh, asked uh, to
4: explain what's going on over in europe in layman's term if you're watching any level of news even social media you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the ukraine break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the united states
5: so ukraine is a country in europe it exists Next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically that's wrong. You know,
0: I, I, if you
1: maybe, maybe you've never heard of Ukraine, but That's hard to say Mm -hmm. now that uh, ever since the Russia took over Crimea, but, but to not know there's a country, there's another country named Russia. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't, Mm -hmm. you know, it is (laughs) unbelievable, huh? Yeah. Well, Well,
2: um, Putin's got to be licking his chops, uh, thinking if she ever gets into office.
1: Oh my God. uh, Oh, well, he's licking his chops right now and that's why he's made his move. I I've said before, uh, whoops. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I said before that he is. Uh, he he looks at Biden, and that's why he did what he did. He didn't do it under Trump. Oh, yeah. So, all right, well, let yeah. me try to get another phone call. I appreciate you calling in. And, and on top of that, here is a good point. Senator Ron Johnson was on the uh, Sunday morning political show for Fox News and said this.
2: I think we do need to take a look at uh, what all led up to this. Uh, I don't think Vladimir Putin would have moved on Ukraine were it not for the weakness displayed, uh, certainly by the Biden administration, but also by the West in general. And I'm certainly hoping that uh, Colonel Vidman, uh, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, who use Ukraine as a pawn in their impeachment, uh, travesty are also recognizing, reflecting how they weakened Ukraine, uh, weakened the West. Weaken America by the divisive politics that they play. Uh, th- th- there's there's much blame to go around, but in terms of the atrocities, that that falls squarely on the shoulders of Vladimir Putin and his cronies. They
4: have to be pariahs from now
1: on.
6: Yeah,
1: he's right. They did certainly certainly part of this. They did. Let's go to uh, another phone call. And uh, where are we at, George? Welcome to the show. George, you there? Well, something happened. Don't know what happened to George. Two, six, nine. Well, we're getting towards the end of the show. I don't know if we'll be able to uh, take another phone call. I want to play for you a, a conversation, I should say. Well, maybe it was not necessarily a conversation. A Fox News reporter was at a press conference yesterday or their daily press briefing with Jen Psaki, a woman who can't tell the truth that she had to and listen to their their back and forth. And maybe it's the frustration of them knowing how they're failing so poor, uh, so uh, rapidly.
6: You just said that you know, less supply raises prices, it's not in our strategic interest to reduce the supply. Yeah. We also know, you know the president, as recently as yesterday, talked about increasing domestic manufacturing to bring down prices on uh, inflated items like goods. So why not apply the same logic to energy and increase
7: domestic production here? Well, there are 9,000 approved oil leases that the oil companies are not tapping into currently. So I would ask them that question.
6: Is there nothing that the administration can do to get those providers back to pre-pandemic levels?
7: Do you think the oil companies don't have enough money to drill on the places that have been pre-approved? asking? I would, I would point that question to them, and we can talk about it more tomorrow when you learn more.
6: Do you think that opening the Keystone Pipeline and having more energy-friendly policies might do that?
7: The Keystone Pipeline has never been operational. It would take years for that to have any impact. I know a number of members of Congress have suggested that, but that is a proposed solution that has no relationship or would have no impact on what the problem is. We hear all agree is an issue. So
6: during that those years where it would you know take to bring down prices as you're saying we should just continue to buy Russian oil.
7: Well, again, Jackie, I think you're familiar with a number of steps we've taken, a historic release from the Strategic Petroleum that's Reserve. Well we can, what well, let China? me finish. What we can do over time, and what this is all a rema- reminder of in the President's view, is our need to reduce our reliance on oil. The Europeans need to do that. We need to do that. If we do more to invest in clean energy, more to invest in other sources of, of energy, that's exactly what we can do to prevent this uh, from happening in the future. We welcome any Republicans from joining us in that effort. As Go long,
6: ahead. As long as we're buying Russian oil, though,
7: aren't we financing the war? Well, Jackie, again, uh, it's only about 10% of what we're importing. Uh, I've not made any announcement about any decision on that front. But our objective here and our focus is making sure that any step we take maximizes the impact on President Putin and minimizes it on the American people. And anyone who's calling for uh, an end to the carve-out uh, should be clear that that would rise, raise prices. Go ahead.
1: Where is the media calling her out for being so snippy, so rude where is that? And again, another proof of bias. 9, so what is it? Is it 11,000 or 9,000? Some of them tell us there's 11,000 oil leases out there that are not approved and not drilling on. Some say 9,000. When Jen Psaki's not telling you or not a bright enough to understand or care to learn is that they're not going on uh, on these leases because they'd have no idea. They know what they're dealing with. They're dealing with people in that party, in that leadership, that'll shut them down in a second. So if they go spend billions of dollars to get this started operating again, and then they get the oil running, and then as soon as the Ukrainian issue's over, boom, they shut them down. So that's what, if they actually went and talked to these people who are, are trying to drill on these approved leases, it's because of them. And that goes back to what I've always said. It's the... The impression that these parties give too that could harm business, the economy, and what have you. And oh, oh, it's only 10%. We're only funding 10% of their war against us. We're literally taking money out of our left pocket to give it to one side and then our right pocket to give it to the other side. Now, being told we have not bought any oil in the last week, we'll see. Thanks everybody for listening to the show today. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you Monday at 9 a.m. you listen
0: live. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click or just stop by. Granger.